Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. Final show of the Women in Comedy Festival. It's been a great weekend. Or at least the final show here. But I think we're the final show. Are we the final? We're, just, we're the final show. Let's hear it for the festival. Let's hear it for the festival. Let's hear it for the festival. Oh, is your mic? You need your mic on? Your mic's not on. Yeah. Maybe turn that mic on. Yeah. Or just, you want to just, you want to talk into one mic? No, yeah. Uh, is that mic, uh... Nope, that's still not on. Yep. Hey, uh, yeah, pop that mic on yep. to the old uh, sound booth of Rooney. I would turn it on if I were you. Just if you want to. He's Look at him. He's doing a great job. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'll be one of your hosts today. Let's hear it for me. That's Rhea Butcher. That's Rhea Butcher. She is going to be mic'd in just a second, any moment. Uh, actually, this is part of the whole thing. It's like part of the, we just always, it's like, you know, sort of a statement on a woman's place in comedy. <laughs> actually, it's amazing. Usually we request both mics off and then you have to tell us about our boobs. It's tough, but it's part of the thing. Is your thing on yet? Still not on? Nope. All right, it'll be on at some point. Um, this is, I'm loving this. You guys, what a day we had today. Rhea and I walking around Boston. Now, I lived here for many years. I lived here. You can get excited about that. This is your fucking city. Can you imagine how much I improved it? This face, this attitude. Just bopped around here, tea surfing, <laughs> eating it, eating it. Several, exactly. No hands. You know what I mean. Thanks for knowing what I mean. So that is the definition of that. Yeah, you got it. Just eating it at whatever honest taqueria was closest. You know, and not getting a super burrito because I'm not crazy. <laughs> I did not live here, no. No, this is your first time in Boston. It's my first time in Boston. first time in Boston. You guys have a really great city. Uh, you, sh- you, sh- you should pop back a little, only because there's oh, like awesome. buddies over there. I forgot we're like in the round. Buddies over stuff. here. Not that you don't want to look at our bottom sides. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I've been known to twerk from <laughs> every now and then. Rhea and I are not only do so we run this show every Tuesday night in Los Angeles at the UCB Theater. It's a very fun show. We put it out as a podcast thanks to that yeah. person. Thank into you. The things I'm saying. Person. I feel like as an audience, you haven't so much gelled as are still confused. <laughs> and I like that about you. I get it. Where the fuck are we? I mean, I know we're in Boston, but like when I lived here, this wasn't a place. <laughs> I mean, this neighborhood. What neighborhood is this? <laughs> The Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, we're in the ocean. This is the... We're at a fishery. That's a huge hotel. The lobby of that Westin? Did you just walk through that lobby of that Westin? I don't know how else I assumed you would have gotten here. 
each of you flying up from the floor. Yeah. Or helicopter. Like Destiny's Child at a halftime Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Popping up. Ready for it. I always love to talk about that. I, I bring that up a lot. Wasn't that a moment in all of our lives? When Beyonce was dancing, we were all like, this is pretty great. This is great. This is all right. I can get into this. And then just... Destiny's Child! Out of nowhere. Where else were they going to be? You they guys don't know this. Else going on. They're been, always under every under stage. That stage for years. You know, that's really unfair. They should tighten up those Destiny's Child labor laws. Yeah, they should. That's tough stuff. Thank they got to be able to take breaks. I always say that about Destiny's Child. <laughs> and uh, so, um, we, yeah, we host the show at uh, the UCB Theater in Boston. And not, I mean, I should also, we should talk a little bit about other parts of our lives. Because sometimes yeah. people, you know, when we... So we're, we're not only, we're both comics, but we're also fiancés. We live together, so that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I always say that because, like, sometimes when we're talking to each other, it comes up, like, that we live together or that we hang out together, and I don't want to give the wrong impression about comics. Because, like, we're doing okay financially. Like, not all comics. We're not, like... You know, because if I'm like, yeah, when we were in bed the other night, not like, I don't mean like that, I just mean like we share a bed. Right. And I don't want you to think like it's that rough. <laughs> like it's almost that rough. I did sleep directly on a floor for years. Yeah. Not even a mattress, not even an old That's futon. That's when Rhea met me, I slept on a floor. Yeah, oh yeah. A pile of towels I around you? I slept on a pile of towels. And so, maybe a stuffed animal, but I don't want to. Yeah, a dog. I had a stuffed dog. <laughs> So you can understand the attraction. <laughs> I think that is kind of hot in a way. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, man. Like, just like the art, the art. I'm the an artist. Art, the artsiness of I have a bad the word. back. Yeah, I had a bad back right on the floor. <laughs> Pop it right on the floor. Sleep there. Who cares? Just <laughs> travel so much. Don't have time for a bed. What would I do in there? I have no idea. How are you enjoying your first visit in Boston? It's great. It's a beautiful city. Yeah, it is beautiful. I'm, it's great. You can walk. You can walk, because we live in Los Angeles, and uh, lock, walking is outlawed. So. Yeah, you can't walk in Los I'm Angeles. Like, Get a car! I mean, you can, but where would you go? Yeah. The stuff's know. not near each other. Right. You'd be walking forever. Just walking on Which the freeway. Which we do. We walk around. We do. A lot. Just confusing people. Yeah, people are like, what are you guys Get doing? Get on the sidewalk! I want to drive on there! <laughs> That's for parking! Or a cafe! Yeah, it is for a cafe. They like to put cafes on the tiniest sidewalks in Los Angeles. That's right. Is there two feet? Well, yes, I'm going to put a gas heater yeah. and a brick oven for a pizza. Absolutely. Excuse me, just yeah. go into my house. Yeah, Sorry. Exactly. That looks good. Just an entire city of permanent lemonade stands. <laughs> yeah. but we met in Chicago. That's where we met. We lived there. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, wow. So that, now I always like that when I travel, when I'm like, oh, we live in Los Angeles, and everybody's just like. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but we are thin, you know? <laughs> so that's that city rubbing off on us. Okay, that was a, that was a joke <laughs> about LA, and they're thin there. 
just eating a diet of cigarettes and sad dreams. Sad dreams. Well, yeah, we're, we met in Chicago. We did. So, it's nice to be back somewhere where there's people walking around. People walking around, people talking to each other, liking oh things. People have been saying thank you, and like, yeah, can I get the, like, what's the floor you're on? They're in a hotel in that situation. I, I accidentally bumped into someone, and they said, oh, sorry. And I said, what? sorry. And I was like, that hasn't happened in years. Yeah. <laughs> people around each other, and their bodies bumped, which is aware of you each know. other. Yeah, you almost, called your, you almost called your insurance company because you assumed you'd been in a car accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, my rates are going to go up. <laughs> but we were, uh, we were riding the T today. We did. We went over to Harvard Square. Really pop. Yeah, some yeah, big, we, some brainiacs over there. We went over there. We invented did Facebook. In? Did you guys go there? Did you go in? Did you get in? Did you go there? Yeah, you went there? Who's your dad? <laughs> Follow-up, who's your mom? But second. What, she go to Radcliffe? <laughs> What'd you think of Harvard? It was cool. It was very old. Yes. Yeah, that's super what I keep old. I'm like, oh my god, this is so colonial looking. Oh, it's colonial. Right. Got it. All right. Actually, okay. I loved yep. you know, the first thing that you said was because you went to grad school at Notre Dame. I did, yes. And yeah. all right. All right. I mean, it's individually, I love the things you guys are affirming. <laughs> Smattering of go We Irish. should say, we don't give a fuck about Notre Dame. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I went to BC. Yeah. And I don't... I'm sorry to disappoint right. you. I don't give a fuck about that place either. <laughs> they keep trying to get me to donate money because it's coming up on my 10-year college reunion. Yeah, I believe it. I'm 32 years old, but I'm a lesbian, so I'm going to look like a 15-year-old boy forever. Forever. <laughs> But I'm coming up on my 10-year reunion. They keep getting me to, they keep trying to get me to donate. And like so many people called and, and wrote me. And it was pretty awful to go to school there, actually, because I came out while I was in school there. At the time, you could get kicked out for being gay. And I came out in that environment. So I wrote them a note. <laughs> I wrote them an email back. Has anybody ever responded to the, like, I wrote them a, I, they were like, can you send money? And I said, you know what? My uh, money, also gay. <laughs> Very gay money. And so you cannot have it. <laughs> I would think that uh, they would think that your money doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> so how can they ask you for money yeah. if you and your money doesn't exist? Right, yeah. I'm not a real person. How could I make money? Right, um, yeah. Right. Oh, we were there. Yeah, and you were like, you said when we walked into the Harvard campus, you said, this looks like Notre Dame. And I said, yeah, because of... But the opposite copying. Notre Dame looks like this. Yep. Because this is the first one of those things. <laughs> Picked it up and everybody and else. Moved it over there. From there. You know. Like you shouldn't come up to me and be like, you know, Tegan and Sarah look like you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other way. I know that. <laughs> you know, Ellen is really ripping you off. <laughs> People are constantly telling you that Ellen is ripping you off. Oh, all the time. Yeah. They're like, Ellen's dancing now. You've been for a while. Yeah. For so long. People keep saying that to you. Oh, but you got boots. I did get boots. These are new boots. Today's boots. New and no, this boots. is a big deal. This, this is, is a big, big deal. Tell the people about your boots. It's impossible to find boots as a lady. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
<laughs> like a good lady, work boot like for a lady. lady man boots like a man boot but for a lady yeah lady man boot <laughs> i can't imagine why that'd be hard to find <laughs> right we want tough boots for gals i want a tough boot but that fits my foot yeah i don't want to look like frankenstein no shuffling around. around in a man's boot that would be weird so i yeah i got some uh, some lady work boots and i'm so excited about it they look great. Yeah, thank you. And the gentleman that sold them to you was very excited about the he boots. He was so excited about the boots. He was like, the thing is, is that our clothing has changed over the years. It's gotten a lot skinnier. People are not afraid to wear tight clothes. And we've yeah. thinned down the soles since then. I was like, give me the boots. I yeah. just want some boots. He was giving you a hard pitch. A hard, and I so was like, hard. I want them. That I was wearing these boots, which that store also sold. They sold these boots. And he saw my boots and he goes, yeah, we have those and we sell them, but these boots are the best boots I've ever seen. <laughs> like he was selling you so hard that he insulted me to my face. Yeah. <laughs> he was selling me so hard he was trying to break us up as a couple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should dump her a wreck. <laughs> Can't believe she walked out of here in those boots a while ago. I didn't get these boots there, sir. I ordered them on the internet. Um, but yeah, we get back to uh, LA tomorrow. We're flying at seven o'clock in the morning. Who oh boy? <laughs> Just again, like, see how affirming you are. You guys are great. There are some people here who are fans of seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> a real seven o'clock in the morning on a Sunday crowd. That's <laughs> your guys. I love those. Where are you, the people that wooed? Make yourselves known again. Who are you? Woo, woo again. <laughs> What's the why? What's the seven? I'm not. I'm not against it. I want to know what seven o'clock in the morning means to you. Yell it out. The sun's up. The sun's, the sun's up. up. Can't can't Fuck debate yeah, you on yeah, that. You can't. That's it. You're right. That is a hard fact. It feels like you'd love a lot of times. Eight <laughs> fifteen. <8:15! laughs> Three p.m. Woo. Wheelhouse. My, in my she just hates darkness. <laughs> yeah. She's like, we've got an 8 p.m. flight. Boo. 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 Eight at night, the worst. We're flying at seven. That's really early for it's a flight. Super early. That's really early. And here's here's the thing. I made a vow to myself not to take early morning flights anymore. Uh, but there's only two tomorrow. There's 7 a.m. and 8 p.m. And so we were like, well, we want to get back in a normal-ish time. Uh, but the reason I made the vow to myself to not take early morning flights is because the last time I had a flight that required me to be at the airport at 5 o'clock in the morning, I hit my house. I was driving to the airport, and I reversed out of my driveway where I live. I live in the house attached to that. And it was so early in the morning that I, I hit my house. <laughs> a static object that is always in the same place. It's always there. That is never in a different place. Who put that there? I was just like, I was just so tired that I was like, I'll get out of here any way I can. And you hit the back end of it, like the back quarter panel. I hit so that. I just have this uh, just vision of you driving, but the car turns into a person going, whoop, 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 <laughs> which is a great visual. Yeah, it almost tipped over, but I do have those great driving skills from when I used to go to Quantico. Uh, that's, wow, okay. So people don't know where the CIA trains? That's weird. <laughs> okay, you are a weird audience. <laughs> no last for Quantico, then I ask a question, nobody said anything, just yells out Virginia. Fuck yeah. All right. 
Again, I like you. I just think you're not sure what's going on. 7 a.m. Yeah, there, just, there we go. I love you. Just, I just, what a great. Now listen, other people are going to tell other jokes, but I hope that when we come back, you guys keep this. This is what I want for us. When we host for the rest of the night. Yeah. I don't want you to assume we're ever joking. This is a ten laugh. I don't want you to laugh or assume. I just, when you recognize something. <laughs> woo! <laughs> yeah. That's what I want. Oh, we've been great, haven't we? We have been fantastic. Been we've brilliant. been great, and we'll be back out throughout the show to, to just, uh, you know, keep your little, your little happy faces smiling. But first, uh, we should bring our, our first comic. We now, should. she's a, a pal of ours. We yeah. both know her from back in the day in Chicago. And uh, she's a, a good pal of mine. I started a... And I bring this up because of where we are, the Women in Comedy Festival. Years ago, I started a class that was an all-female stand-up class. It happens in Chicago. So if you're listening to the podcast and you live in Chicago, uh, it's called the Feminine Comique. It's an awesome thing for women to go and learn joke writing and learn confidence. And when I uh, moved to Los Angeles, I had to pick one torchbearer to continue teaching tradition and this is the woman I picked I picked uh, this next comic and she teaches that class now you should take that class she's amazing and she's a hilarious comic as well let's hear right now from Miss Kelsey Huff guys give it up for Kelsey hey guys what's happening how are you doing all right you're tells me to go fuck off? Cool. <laughs> Don't look at that asshole. Awesome. But your hair's so spiky. Product. I want to touch it. I won't. That's weird. It got weird. Uh, all right. Let's just get it out in the open. I happen to be a lady. What? Uh, mostly here and here. Those are my specific lady parts. Sometimes here. We don't talk about it. You know what I mean? This guy knows. Look at that hair. Just talk about butts, yeah. Uh, I am not a dainty lady. Don't let my cardigan fool ya. I'm not, I'm not a dainty lady. Don't even breathe daintily. You know those gals, they're adorable at everything. Even hiccuping. Like, <laughs> Like, Scottly. <laughs> like little cartoon mice. You know what I mean? You look like an adorable hiccuper. Look at those open-toed shoes! Come on! All right, don't show off. Okay. I know you know what a mani-pedi is. I get it. You're cute. But not me, you guys. When I hiccup, it looks like I'm having a stroke. I'm like, ah! Like pigs. Pigs are being slaughtered in my fucking throat. I have no idea what's going on. And I was on the L the other day. That's the elevated train, you guys. It's just like the T, but it's a different letter. <laughs> Same deal, though. It's just uh, covered in urine, okay? <laughs> Same page. So I'm on the P train the other day, right? It's having this crazy hiccuping fit. It's like, <laughs> like nonstop, okay? And this, this couple sitting next to me, they were concerned for my safety. Now, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure they were tourists. 
because they were dressed head to toe in denim, had little bandanas and cameras, so they were tourists or pedophiles. <laughs> and they looked at me all concerned and they said, are you okay? Because they're from the island of mystery accents. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm fine. I just have a, a case of hiccups. And they just took my picture and walked off the L. So I'm in some foreign scrapbook somewhere. Like, girl possessed by pig Chicago. That's my legacy, you guys. And this show. And meeting that guy. Yeah. I have a mom. She's not here. Let's fucking talk about her. <laughs> Mother's Day. I love my mom. I do. I love her. I want to squish her face with love, but she is a crazy person. A wonka do, you guys. She sends me electronic messages all the time, texts, emails, etc., and I save them. I save all of them because it is just the evidence I need to lock her up. <laughs> me a text message the other day and I memorized it memorized it because it was a gem and it said this dearest Kelsey because she text message like it's the 17th century <laughs> dearest Kelsey would it be weird if I put on my old wedding dress drank some wine and danced in the dark to Steve Miller band <laughs> she was texting, okay, but I'm pretty sure, pretty sure this smiley face is not the correct emoticon, you know what I mean? I think it should be the smiley face, like aggressively putting on lipstick, like, call mommy back! My shirt came off, I was too excited. Me fear forwards. If you don't know what those are, that means your mom loves you. Congratulations. <laughs> fear forwards are emails that contain statistics or stories that never make you want to leave your apartment ever, ever again, right? But my mom will add her own terrifying salutations, right? So she'll send me this email that's like, 70 women were murdered in Indiana for having eyelashes. <laughs> but then at the end, she'll just type, Scary, huh? <laughs> By the way, your new bangs are a kidnap magnet. <laughs> what? I also friended my mom on Facebook uh, recently because I'm an idiot! <laughs> and she's always on there clicking and reading and reading and clicking and clicking and reading and reading and clicking and clicking and reading. And she read this article recently where a 27-year-old woman sued her own mother because her mother put naked baby pictures of her on Facebook, right? Okay, so the daughter sued the mother. Well, my mom read this and was like, oh no. My daughter's already out to get my millions. And by millions, I mean Precious Moments Collection. <laughs> so I'm gonna beat her at her own game. So my mom went through my baby album and cut out all of my boobatoos and my hoo-hahs. <laughs> so I'm just an infant in the bathtub, giant gashes. <laughs> 
table does not affected by that, you bunch of creeps. <laughs> creeps. But here's the kicker, you guys. Here's the kicker, all right? My mom doesn't throw anything away. You're the smartest fuck in this room. That's right, you guys. There is a shoebox full of baby vajayjays somewhere in my mom's house. Jackpot. Straight jacket. Who's taking care of my mom in her elder years? The state. You guys, you guys probably can't tell uh, by looking at my adorable cheeks, what? But this gal right here, I've been kicked out of church camp. Scandal! You're like, Kelsey, oh my God, did you get knocked up? Chimney Christmas. No. Kelsey, were you caught selling marijuana? Holy schmoly! No. I got kicked out of church camp because the dance number I performed at the Touched by the Angel talent show was too controversial. Who wants to see this fucking dance? I like this fucking nerd raised his hand. Oh, that's good. All right, you guys, this is how it goes down, right? I enter upstage right in a white sheet with the letter P in puffy paint on my chest for Pontius Pilate. I have a white boom box. I put it to the ground. I press play. Dramatic pause. Suddenly. Guns N' Roses, welcome to the jungle, Blairs! I'm doing my best Axl Rose's Pontius Pilate, but I'm an overweight kid, so it looks like I'm having an asthma attack. <laughs> welcome to the jungle! My best friend Dan Collins enters upstage right in a white sheet with the letter J. For Jesus! We make eye contact, we do the dance of the crucifixion, whoa! scoliosis. He's wearing his brace, so he looks like a dancing ghost robot. Jesus. I have a jump rope. What's this for? What the audience doesn't know is that Dan Collins has secretly sewn blood packets underneath his sheet. What? I start fake whipping Dan Collins like crazy. He busts the packets. They seep through his sheet. He has one secretly stashed in his mouth. Mm, goosh. I'm going to make you bleed. clapped way more than they did. <laughs> Lutherans. <laughs> empty crosses, empty hearts. Thanks a lot, you guys. I'm Kelsey Off. <laughs> Kelsey Huff, who is amazing. Let's hear it for Kelsey. Oh, she's so funny. What a gal. Hey, also, you know what happened like just, uh, just a couple hours ago before this old podcast was happening? Michael Sam! Michael Sam in the NFL. He's going to be a Ram. You guys know what I'm talking about. Wow. I feel like half of these people don't know what I'm talking about. We are going to have an openly gay football player in the NFA. In the NFA? That's what it is. Uh, NFA, by 
the way, great slip of the tongue. Uh, great, fucking great. Um, no, in the NFL, we were gonna have an openly gay man. He kissed his boyfriend. Not in like it. They just had a sweet fucking. I achieved something. I'm gonna play for the Rams. It was on ESPN. A football player kissed his boyfriend in a loving way. Some of you that are not clapping for this, you can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Because that is the only people that should fuck you. <laughs> because this is amazing. This is such a big deal. I just can't stop thinking about, you know, I, I know that uh, Rhea was telling me that she, you know, she was, first of all, I, I have done a great job of cultivating the people that I interact with on uh, social media because I didn't see anything negative about it. And I also don't, like, look for horrible, you can search Twitter, you can go ahead and search Twitter and you will find whatever you don't want. Uh, but I don't do that and, you know, I don't really follow people who would say horrible things, but Rhea was saying that some people were tweeting out things, uh, things in response to people who, would, who were worried about what they would tell their kids. Uh, which, first of all, I don't understand what situation you're talking about. Like, I don't understand when, in like a football situation, your kid's gonna be like, uh, who does that guy fuck? Because I don't think that happens with straight players. I don't. Like, I don't know why that would particularly... Uh, the answer is everyone up. That's who that person fucks. <laughs> who does that person fuck? They fuck everyone up. Uh, they're a football player. Um, but I can't imagine it coming up. And you know what else? I always am surprised when I hear people use that as a, as a way of hiding their homophobia. Whenever I hear people hiding between what do I tell my kids, I want to say, you don't understand. There are little gay kids. Like, I don't know who you think become gay adults. There's no gay Easy Bake Oven in the sky. <laughs> We're like, dang, I'm 21, I'm a gay. Like, no, we are gay. We are so gay when we are little. And that is confusing. Like, those are the kids you should worry about. The kids that are just like, I don't know what I am! What is this? Why do I want to wear a coonskin cap every day? <laughs> like, you should worry about those kids. Those are the kids, like, in a serious way. I mean, those are the kids who we have a huge suicide epidemic amongst gay kids because they don't understand what they are, and they also don't understand they can never be happy, and they don't understand there's a future for them. So, like, for one... Oh, one gay football player that's just like, well, it could be this. I mean, you probably won't end up like this. <laughs> like, statistically, it is ever approaching impossible <laughs> that you will have the skills and or body I have. <laughs> like, gay or straight, I'm working with something amazing here. Just to have one guy where you could just be like, oh, you know how, like, anything that's going on with you, it could end up like this. Like, this is how things could end up, and it could be fine, and you could be a millionaire who might have a head injury. Like, that's probably true. <laughs> and so then at the end, I'm a little worried about football. Like, that's really where that ends up, where I'm like, gay, yay, but like, football, oh, whoopsie daisy. Like, I love it so much, but it is a sad thing to watch those men, uh, later in their lives. Uh, so here's the thing. 
if you uh, if you ever talk to anybody that brings up that defense, I think that's what you you can go ahead and tell them. You can go ahead and tell them that you now have a friend, this pal right here, uh, who had a, an eye patch that I wore for eight years of my childhood because I had crossed eyes, and not like a cool black pirate eye patch. I mean like a flesh tone band aid material eye patch. <laughs> I just put it on my eye and it looked like more skin, like sloth from the Goonies, but a little girl. <laughs> and the company that made these patches to soften the blow of the fact that you had to be a little kid with an eye patch, they'd put these stickers in the box, but the stickers were bucolic farm scenes, vignettes where it would be like a deer drinking from a brook and then a silo and an owl. <laughs> and they were printed in only navy blue, tan and brown. There were these teeny little awful stickers. I think when they put them in the box, they thought kids were going to go up to kids with trapper capers and just be like, oh, oh, you got Lisa Frank star on your trapper keeper? Well, I have a sticker on my eye patch. <laughs> so you can tell me you knew a little kid, a little eye patched, which I wore glasses on top of for a separate eye issue. Braces, a bowl cut, and I whittled my own bows and arrows. <laughs> carried them in a homemade quiver made out of felt on my back. <laughs> Just the worst participant in the Hunger Games. <laughs> you can tell that there are still kids like that out to there today. Those kids still exist, and this is gonna make those kids' lives better. Like, that's who we need to worry about. We need to worry about those kids who do not know what is going on and who are bringing their arrows to school. You should not do that. <laughs> Leave your, your arrows at home. You guys, what a wonderful crowd you are. Um, hey, this next pal, uh, I've known him for many years. He's a comic in from Seattle, so that is a very far trip to come for you guys. So we should give him an extra round of applause. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, Emmett Montgomery. Let's hear it for Emmett. Come on. Oh. Oh. I am married uh, to a, a wonderful woman, and I love being married. It is the best thing that I have ever tricked anybody into. It's, it's pretty amazing. My wife, Kate, is kind and beautiful and intelligent. And the best part is that when people meet us as a couple for the first time, uh, they have to assume that there's something wonderful about me that they just don't see. <laughs> there is no better part, like for your self-esteem, no better thing than being the least attractive part of a couple. Like, <laughs> there's a special part of my heart that glows when I am holding her hand in public because I know that people are thinking, oh, look at the hypnotist and his child bride. <laughs> marriage is amazing, but I think marriage really is a series of awkward conversations that you have to have. And some of them you assume you go into knowing and having those, and others are surprising. For instance, if you're married, and if you're in it to win it, 
you know, to be married for as long as possible. That means that you stand a 50% chance of being legally obligated for the disposal of a corpse. <laughs> because one of you is going to die. And the other one is going to have to get rid of the body. <laughs> so you should probably talk to them about what they want to happen. Currently, there is a disagreement at my house. <laughs> because when I die, I want my body to have a weekend at Bernie's style experience <laughs> for as long as possible. Like, I want my best friends to get arrested at a baseball game. You know, I want... And then, I want my body to find its peace in some things that I love and have found inspiration in when I was alive. Puppetry. <laughs> taxidermy. And the mechanical whimsy of my favorite robot band of my childhood pizza place. Because when, after I die, I think my wife should get remarried. I want her to get remarried because I believe that she deserves to have someone take care of her for once. And <laughs> I am totally okay with that. I just want to be there. As, you know, as the animatronic door greeter, that says hello to her new husband every day. <laughs> hello, Daryl. How was work today? Let me take your coat. Come inside and kiss our wife. My spirit is everywhere. I'm not afraid of dying. I think it will probably be the last interesting thing I do. So there's a play, few ways I'd like to go. Um, I would like to get uh, torn apart by a pack of wild dogs in an awkward social situation. <laughs> I think it would be, you know, a good memory for everybody and uh, <laughs> a successful viral video, you know, and... <laughs> but if that can't happen, um, I think I want to have my head chopped off while dancing. Uh, because you probably can tell um, by my excellent uh, posture and graceful rhythm up here, uh, I am an excellent dancer. And it is something I enjoy. It brings me a lot of pleasure in my life. Uh, and I heard as a young boy uh, that the human head can see for a full 10 seconds after being separated from the body. And I think about that every day. But the only way to know if that's true is to be there, right? So hopefully... Years from now, 
I'm in some sort of situation where my life has been satisfactory, and I am dancing, and I am full of joy. And then my head gets chopped off <laughs> in the middle of the greatest dance move I will ever do. And it rolls down my back, and I finally get to see why they call it the money maker. <laughs> but now if this happens, and if I get decapitated while dancing, and then it just goes black, like I can't see anything, like it turns out that was just bloat bullshit, like an old wives tale, that would be the worst day of my life. That would be just <laughs> terrible. I'm not afraid of how I die. I'm just afraid of what's going to happen to me after I die. Where am I going to go? Uh, I'm worried that I'm going to go to heaven because I'm such a good person. And that when I go there, they're going to ask me to do things. And I don't want to because I'm lazy. I am especially worried about going to heaven uh, because I was raised Mormon. And I don't know if you understand the LDS church. Well, nobody does. But um, <laughs> in Mormonism, if you do everything that you're supposed to do, which I have been doing, you, um, you essentially get your own planet. And um, I used to manage a Hollywood video once. And it was bullshit. I don't want to be in charge of anything ever again. <laughs> so for me, the ideal heaven would be a nap. For me, heaven would be a nap. Even better, heaven would be the type of nap that you wake up from just to realize that you don't have to get out of bed yet and then you just go back to sleep. Forever. For me, heaven would be waking up and realize, realizing that lying next to you is the person you love most in the world. Lying there. And you could wake that person up. And you could have magical heaven sex with them forever. And they wouldn't be mad about it because that's how heaven works, right? But you don't. Because they're always going to be there. For me... Heaven would be waking up and realizing that you have nothing but an eternity of comfort and love. And before you drift off into that sweet oblivion, you smell something in the air. And that is pancakes. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you for letting me share. Uh, I recently, I heard last night, now I want to see if you guys can confirm this for me. Um, did Boston recently pass a medical marijuana law? You did? Awesome. You guys are going to have so much fun. It's going to be great. I, uh, I got a pot card recently in Los Angeles. Yeah. Back on that train. Um, I actually got it for like a real reason, because uh, I'm a sleepwalker. 
sleepwalking is intense. I've done it since I was like six years old. Um, I just get up in the middle of the night, stand around. Sometimes I talk to people. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I think I have a task to complete. I never complete that task. <laughs> Most of the time these days as an adult, it's very low energy. I just get up and I sort of look around. for a real long time. <laughs> it's kind of like when your phone won't wake up from sleep or so, you know, like you can't get the, it feels like the world's most boring claw machine game. And I can't tell if I'm playing the game, if I'm the claw, or if I'm a little toy inside of the box. It's very confusing. One time, as we've mentioned before, Cameron and I do um, share a bed together. Uh, one time I was sleepwalking and then I started making her into the bed. <laughs> terrifying, terrifying. <laughs> terrifying to have that happen to you, terrifying to find out the next day, oh, oh, I made you into, de into a deathbed. Sorry about that. <laughs> Did not mean to do it. The thing is I almost never make the bed. So why was I making the bed <laughs> when I was asleep? So I got this pot card and I'm trying to take it easy, trying to just use it to medicate to sleep. It's working really well. Uh, it knocks out my entire body, which is great. Uh, Cause I didn't want to take like, the thing is like, I don't like taking medication at all. Cause I don't want to feel like loopy. But yeah, I'll, I'll smoke some pot for sure. <laughs> I don't want to feel like lightheaded and dizzy and weird uh, because of my allergies. But yeah, I'll get super high <laughs> for sure. Super into that. I, uh, I am trying to take it easy because like the last time, I mean, I used to smoke pot pretty regularly. Uh, I, the, the last time before I got the pot card, I was smoking weed in Chicago. I lived in like a, like a sort of a courtyard building where there are a bunch of buildings. And uh, I decided to stay in. My girlfriend went out for the evening with one of her friends. I was like, I'm just gonna have a nice night in by myself. The problem with me is that I have a bit of an addictive personality. Like if you give me a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, I will eat that entire bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. If you give me three seasons of Bob's Burgers, I will eat all three seasons of Bob's Burgers. I just can't stop. I have a hard time with the stoppage. So it's like, I'm just gonna have a chill night by myself, smoke a little bit of weed, have a good night, watch a movie. Six bowls later, <laughs> I finally figured out what movie I wanted to watch. Just something chill. So I put in 2001, A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Just to chill out. I was like having an existential crisis before the obelisk even showed up. I was like, 20th Century Fox, what is this? <laughs> so I had to get out of there. And the problem is I do like creepy stuff. I don't mean to do it on, on weed, on marijuana. I get like, just turn into a weirdo. So I decided to go to my second favorite form of entertainment, which is my neighbors. <laughs> and being in this courtyard apartment, I had tons of channels to choose from that evening. <laughs> the Saturday night, so I was like, mom, this seems fun. So I, I checked in with this gal who'd, you know, been having a great season so far. It dipped in the middle. The pilot was strong, but it dipped in the middle. So I looked in, saw what was going on. She had some flowers on her coffee table. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Somebody got her some flowers. That's, that just warms my heart. I should look away. And I got bored again. So I went back after the commercial break. 
I checked it out, looked over there. There was a gentleman caller over. I was like, he probably brought the flowers. This is so sweet. This is great. I should probably look away. So I looked away, got real bored again. I'm just going to look one more time. I'm going to see how this thing ends. So I look over, and they're hugging each other. This makes me so happy. See them hugging each other. There's flowers. There's a coffee table. This is great. So I'm looking at them, and they're hugging each other. They're sitting on a couch that has the back of it to the window, to me. So they're embracing on the couch, sort of like this. I'm looking at them. And then all of a sudden, the gentleman goes... And looks me directly in the eyeballs. Like a mile away. And I thought I was playing it super cool and chill, but I was watching them like this the entire time. My girlfriend came home, I turned off all the lights and shut all the blinds. I was like, we have to move. <laughs> I can never open this window again. So I went and got this pot card the other day and I went there, you have to, it's like a two part system. You have to go to a doctor's office and then you go to a dispensary. So I went to the doctor's office. Uh, their website is www.doc420.com, super legit. <laughs> I mean, I would question them if they didn't have 420 in the website. So I went there, just crushed velvet the entire place. Super perfect, just great. That's what I want from my doctor. So I go in there, I get this paperwork, I start filling it out. Uh, and it, you know, I, I give my, my name information and then it gets to, uh, it has a question, uh, what symptoms are you coming here to treat? Uh, and then in parentheses after that, it says, it cannot be trying to relax, which means that enough people went into that doctor's office with the symptom of, man, I just can't, I just can't get mellow enough, you know what I mean? Really bothering me. So then I flipped it over, and there's another form on the back, and it says, uh, what doctor are you seeing for the symptoms that you're coming to see us for? And then in parentheses after that, it said, it can be any doctor from any time in your life. So I really wanted to put the doctor that delivered me. Because that's when this all started. Are you guys ready to keep this show going? I'm super stoked. This next comic, she is a friend of the show. She's done this show before, and you guys are going to love her. She's from Los Angeles. You guys, give it up for Rye Silverman. guys give it up for her so here's the thing uh, this is my second time doing this show and the last time I did this show I did all of my material about being transgender and then getting everyone on my side and stuff like that and then they recorded it and put it on the internet like they're gonna do with this show so I, I can't do all of that material again so I need you guys to just be cool about it right now. How about that? Let's just do that, right? So, yeah, I'm... This isn't like a gimmick. It's not like I was like sitting back like women in comedy festival. I'll get in that festival. I've seen Tootsie. This is just how my brain works, and I have the legs for it. So I do that. It's good to be traveling again to do comedy. I used to travel a lot to do comedy before I moved to Los Angeles to further my career. And uh, I did a gig one time in a town called Smith Station, Alabama, where I wore pants. 
And I did this gig, and on the way there, we did a gig in Huntsville, Alabama, and we go, oh, tomorrow night we're going to go to Smith Station. And they said, ugh. Do you guys know how messed up a town in Alabama has to be for other Alabamans to go, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Not a good idea. That is Smith Station, Alabama. And we knew it wasn't going to be a very good idea because on the way there, so I was with another comic and he had booked the gig and we got a hotel room as part of the deal because when you're on the road doing comedy, you get paid in not quite enough money and a hotel room. <laughs> and he told them, hey, for the room, <laughs> we don't need anything fancy. Just give us a place that we can lay our head. And they took him as literally as possible. <laughs> Because we found out when we got there, the hotel we're staying in is actually the town meth den of Smith Station, Alabama. So they basically put us into that house from Breaking Bad with a sad kid in the ATM machine. Sweet dreams. So we get there, and in the parking lot of the motel, there's like a family that lives at the motel, and there's, what they're doing is, uh, I'm gonna point out again that they're at a motel, so they don't have a lawn. But what they do have is a riding lawn mower. <laughs> that they're just driving around the parking lot of the motel. <laughs> like, that's just a ride. Like, the, the dad's driving it, and the son is riding on the hood of the lawn mower. <laughs> Like, it's finally my day! Like, that's a, he, like, it's his birthday, maybe? I don't know. So, that's happening. And watching this fun family activity is the wife, and she's holding three things. She's holding a beer, a cigarette, and a baby. <laughs> and she wants to take a drag off that cigarette, but her hands are full. What are you going to do? She hands the beer to the baby. <laughs> Because I found out in Smith Station, Alabama, Baby doubles his beer koozie. <laughs> but the big thing that I found out when I got there was I couldn't, so I'm on the road, I like, I'm a bit of a diva about my hotel, I'll admit, there's certain things I like, like I like to have a coffee pot, if you don't have that, fine, I'll go to a gas station. But I also like my hotel room to have a door. <laughs> And the motel at Smith Station, Alabama, did not understand the need for that amenity. I said that kind of weird, so I'm going to repeat that point so you guys didn't pick up on it. My hotel room did not have a door attached to it. I don't know if any of you guys have ever had the experience of having to complain to the front desk at a motel that there is not a door attached to your room. <laughs> but you will not be prepared to have that conversation. Imagine going to the Westin lobby right now and be like, do all your rooms have doors? <laughs> do you need to ask somebody? I'll wait, that's fine, I just wanna make sure. It wasn't on the Yelp review. Priceline didn't list that. Because it doesn't make any sense. I think, this is a controversial point of view, but I think when it comes to the hotel arrangement, I think door might be more important than bed. 
Yeah, here's why I think that one guy clapped and agreed with me. What do they hand you when you check in to a hotel? It's not a pillow. It's a key. As far as I'm concerned, that is a gentleman's agreement that there is going to be something to put that key in when you get to the room. That's not some weird motel metaphor. Where they're like, here's your key, now unlock your destiny. So I go to complain to the desk, and I walk in, and I'm like to the girl, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt your Netflix, but I just want to let you know, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, there's not a door attached to my room. And she stopped, and she looked at me with her good eye, and she was like, swear to God, this is her exact response to me. Ow, come on. There's more. Oh, come on. None of them gonna take your stuff. I'm sorry. Is that your corporate script for that complaint? Like, if they say no one has a door, uh, oh, come on, none of them gonna take your stuff. Wake up call at 6 a.m. So you're telling me that you went out there and you asked all of them and they and all agreed that none of them gonna take my stuff. I'll tell you guys right now what I told her. I don't believe them. Because at least one of them took the door. Thank you guys very much. I'm Rice Silverman. Thank you. Keep the show right on rolling. This next comic, she uh, started right here in Boston, so it's going to be a special treat for you guys. You guys, give it up for Aaron Judge. really exciting, interesting lineup. Um, I'm Erin. I am also a member of the LGBT community. I am a bisexual. Uh, thanks, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that means is um, you're my type. Uh, yeah, you're all. Um, I, I, uh, I have a partner. I, have, I am in a relationship. Um, I have, I have, I've had a partner for a long time. I'm married um, he, uh, he, to a boy. He's a boy. He's my husband. I have a husband. And it's weird, I know. People are like, how can you say you're bisexual if you're married? The truth is, I know it's confusing, uh, but I dated women for a really long time. And then I met my husband. And I was like, wow. Close enough. He... <laughs> He is a bird scientist. He studies birds, that's his job. He's a bird scientist, he studies birds. That's what he does, is bird science. And every once in a while, he'll wake me up around 4.30, 4.45 in the morning, and he'll be like, baby, you gotta come see this bird. There's this amazing bird. Can you come, 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 get up and see this bird. You gotta see this bird, it's an amazing bird. And I'm like, do you see this bird? <laughs> Fucking sleeping right now. 
tired. Um, because he's a bird scientist at Cornell University, I live uh, half-time in Ithaca, New York, and half-time in my Toyota Corolla. And I... <laughs> I, Ithaca is, if you've never been, it's a, it's a crazy town. Like, if you grew up in Ithaca, you would have the, it's a college town, it's all colleges. You would have the weirdest racial stereotypes if you grew up there. You'd be like, Asian people, they are all between the ages of 18 and 25, am I right? <laughs> Study chemistry, those Asians. And so I, I, I was in Ithaca and um, sitting in a bar with a friend, and the bartender came over to us and said, uh, hey, um, a Cornell sorority just bought like a $3,000 bar tab and they're going to be coming in here and they're going to be drinking like crazy. It's going to get nuts. You're probably going to want to leave. And I was like, oh, absolutely not. So I'm <laughs> there with my friend and these girls come in, these Ivy League girls in these dresses that are just, just gynecological. Just like, there's nothing left to, the, you can just, might as well just have a speculum dangling from the side. Like, it's just porn. And like, and they're, and they're doing these drinking chants, they're lining up shots, and they have these sorority chants for drinking, but they have these high-pitched voices so you can't really understand them. They're like, oh, fucking bitches, oh, fucking drink, oh, drink, oh, bitches, oh, drink, drink, drink. <laughs> it was like if you gave a whole bunch of female rugby players helium. Like that's, I went to a women's college, that's the only context I have for that kind of drinking behavior. Hello, sisters. And, and then, and then the dudes come in, and the dudes are all wearing like long sleeve plaid shirts and work boots. It's like the prostitutes and lumberjacks party. <laughs> Who's this meeting? Uh, you guys, you know it'd be such a fun theme for our next party. How about like a truck stop in Maine? <laughs> and then they start like dropping the beats, and they're playing like the Waka Flocka and the, the Jay-Z and the whatnot. And my friend Ken, who went to a historically black college, looks at me and he goes, what is this music? <laughs> and I go, uh, this is called hip hop music, Ken. I do not know what you want me to say to you right now. Like, and he goes, is this what y'all play at your parties? I'm, I've never been to a white college party before. I just assumed y'all played like Green Day or whatever. <laughs> Day, Ken, come Green Day. You cannot rub your boner into the small of some girl's back to Green Day. <laughs> Many have tried, all have chafed. It's a fire hazard. It's it's a fire hazard. I want to tell a little bit of road story stuff. Is that okay? I was in I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, telling jokes in Tennessee, and um, I. Uh, after the show, the comics were like, you want to go to this open mic at a gay bar? And we were like, yeah. So we drive out of Knoxville over a river, and then we drive over another river. And we're just driving for like 25 minutes, and then we finally get to the gay club, and it's in a strip mall. <laughs> like, fucking directly next to where I took driver's ed when I was 16 years old. Like, it's, it's the creepiest place in, it's a suburban strip mall gay bar. And I just, I think that there should be more of these places. I want to open one myself. Um, the place was called Exile with a capital X. Get it? No, me neither. And so I, I have some suggested names for my strip mall gay bar that I've come up with. Um, number one, Michael's. Uh, Mattress Depot. 
TGI blowjobs. I think, I can't decide if I want to put the apostrophe before the S or after the S. Just fuck with people more. Like the blowjob family, all of the blowjobs own this TGI blowjobs. Um, Panda Express, that one's for bears. <laughs> bears are a type of animal. Um, Weight Watchers or Supercuts, what? That's, <laughs> those are my strip mall gay bars, thanks. Um, I was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, opening for a guy who was like, he was like a pimp-themed comedian, mostly like pimp-themed, just velour and feather in his hat. And he gets on stage after me and he just goes, all right, y'all, y'all ready to get nasty? Y'all ready to get dirty? Y'all ready to get nasty? And this woman in the front row looks right up at him and she goes, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I was in I was in Texas, like I said. I grew up in the suburbs. When I was in high school, I went to high school in Plano, Texas, and I was holy fucking. I've said Knoxville, Ithaca, bisexual, Plano. What are you people like? It's like my animus came to life and became an audience. I don't know what's. You're all my spirit animal. Thank you for coming. Um, so I was in Texas recently, and I, uh, I called up a comedy club because I wanted to perform. And um, the woman gets on the phone with me, and she's just like, oh, all right, I can probably get you on, but I need you to know ahead of time that we are a clean club, okay? And when I say clean, I mean squeaky clean, all right? No cussing, no poop. No poop. You can't talk about poop at all. No dog poop, no baby poop, no, no urinary tract infections, no catheters, no socialized medicine, no Obamacare, no Democrats. And I was like, hang on. Let me stop you. Right there. Um, what about gay stuff? Can I talk about gay stuff? And she goes, oh. well, if you're talking about like carpet munching or butt fucking, then no. But if you're talking about like the sociological and political issues that are faced by gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgendered Americans on a day-to-day -day basis, then no. <laughs> Thank you guys. My name's Aaron Judge. Thank you guys so much for having me on this show. Thank you, Cameron. Yes, what a night we are having. How are you doing? You are texting. I was just going to chat to you, but then you were looking at your... What's on there? What's on your little phoneone? What you looking at? Not much? No? All right, then. You know we can see you, right? You're directly one foot from me. How was your day today? What did you do before you were here? You went on a tour of Boston. Are you visiting? The, you're from Springfield, Mass. So I can understand the appeal of Boston. <laughs> Not a shit ton to do in Springfield. Is there? I don't know. What's the? What's like the high point of if you were going to give people a tour of Springfield, Mass? What would you? What are you yelling? Nothing. Well, are you from Springfield, Mass? Right next to it. Oh, so this is like a rivalry situation? Where you're like, fuck Springfield, I'm from whatever! Like, even a less 
I don't even know what, what's the name of your place that you're from? Palmer? Palmer? See, I've heard of Springfield, so. I don't know. You've got an exit too? All right. Well, look at you. An exit. <laughs> Welcome to town. As you can tell, we have an exit. And that is how people leave here. Because <laughs> I noticed you didn't say entrance. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's a highway. You say exit, but at the same time. Are you just visiting Boston as well? Yeah, great. How's it been? How's your trip been? You like, uh, have you, do you come here a lot? That's not far. Not too often? You took a tour, though. What did you guys see? Were you in a duck boat? A duck boat? I didn't make that up. That is a thing. Were you in a platypus car? What if I'm just naming things? If I'm just naming an animal and a mode of transportation? Oh, were you on a koala bike? What if I just don't know anything about Boston or animals? No, a duck boat. It's like they're, they, are, they are amphibious and uh, terrestrial. What the fuck? Did you just hear me to nail those two words? Uh, yeah, no, they drive and then they go in the water. Yeah, that's what they do. And it's a big thing, uh, like a tank or something. They used to be for the military, and then somebody was like, what if we just make people quack at you from these? <laughs> What if that's what these are now? And the drivers all have like a theme. Are you currently texting? I'm talking to you, motherfucker! I am actually talking to you! What is on your phone? What is on your phone? Tell me who you're texting. I just need to know who you're texting. Who are you texting? Why would you be texting? What, this is what is mind-blowing about comedy right now. Like, I get it. We all have our phones, and sometimes we don't even realize. We're just like, oh, I'm checking, whatever. But, like, I'm in the middle of a conversation with you about your experience in Boston, and you were just like, I don't care. I am halfway famous. And pretty soon, I will be very famous. And you're going to be so embarrassed. You're going to be so embarrassed. It's going to be, like, pretty rough when you're just like, she tried to, like, have a real moment with me. I probably could have got her number. That's what you should be putting in your phone. <laughs> Not in, like, a sexual way. I just mean, like, get my number so I can get you into the Grammys or whatever. That's right, the Grammys. <laughs> the award for music. That's what I'll be able to get people into. <laughs> Two to three years, you're all in the Grammys. You can all get in. You can all get into the Grammys. You know how they say that about stand-ups? It's like, it's like you don't know that they've made it until they can get an entire audience into the Grammys. But not you! Not you! And you won't even tell me. Who is it? I gotta know. Who are you texting? Who is it? Your mother? You seem half drunk from the way your words are coming out of your mouth. And I know that technically tomorrow is Mother's Day, so I think as your gift to her, you should not text her right now. <laughs> because of how it is very late on a Saturday, you are lying also. <laughs> There's no way you're like, oh, 11.30, I gotta call my mom. <laughs> nope, you're totally not texting your mother. I would love to see that, though. Hey, Mom, I'm at a comedy show. I'm, no, I'm in the front row. Oh, she's talking to me now, actually. 
Very funny, not super captivating, hard to look at. I have to look down at my phone. Are you guys together? Are you people, are you humans together? Yes? How long has that been going on? Three years. You all right? <laughs> oh, you guys are killing it as a couple because you were in socks and sandals. Fuck yeah! What a couple! How has your time been in Boston, sir? Yeah? Three years together, that's a, that's, a, that's a long, that's a good long. Do you have any tips or tricks for people in the audience that want to know how to like keep the uh, romance alive? What helps three years? What helps keep the, uh, the magic? Deal with the bullshit. Beautiful, sir. Beautiful. Even better that you're texting. This is a man that you love directly across your from the your face the face from you. You can just there's two other places you could be looking right now. You could look at me and laugh at that, or you could look at him and just be like, well, I love you. But you're like, nope. <laughs> oh well. I just feel like people are generally, like, Boston is a great city, but it is a, I feel like the last two, tonight, the crowd here, I love you guys, but I also can tell you're confused, as I said earlier, like, some people are still just like, I think now is the time to do this, um, but last night, last night, I did a great show here, it was very fun, but there was a mom and a daughter pair sitting right here, and at one point in the show, I did mention that I think, uh, I think that straight men should, ta- should stop talking about how nervous they are about buttholes. <laughs> because straight men also seem to really love women's buttholes. And buttholes are the same. <laughs> on men and women. <laughs> so I said that... And a mom, I mean, it was a joke, but that was the point. Uh, and the mom, that's, I'm summarizing, but that was the point. Of the, the mom turns to me and she goes, not my daughter's butthole. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Why would you say that? Why would you say that? You're do- why? What happened? What happened just now? Why did you say that? Why did you say not my daughter's butthole? Why would you say that? That's horrible for all of us. We're all a terrible time now that you said that. (laughs) And the daughter was like, I don't know. And I said, why? I said to the mom, why would you say that? And then she was like, yeah, because like, you know, butthole, like, then she she said something about herself. I can't even remember what it was, but she was like, well, because of mine. And I was just like, stop it! understand you're a mom, but like you can't be like, well, but not my daughter's butthole. As like, please stand up and show the people. Like, no. He, she had an adult person. Her daughter was an adult person, a 25-year-old woman, and they shouldn't talk about each other's buttholes. Because I was talking about it in a sexy way, and I certainly didn't want to know whether or not that mom had had butt sex in front of her daughter. I certainly didn't want that to be our night, where we all were just like, well, which of you, the mom or the daughter, which of you has butt sex? Oh, tell us all. Like, that certainly wasn't my point. I don't go around shows doing that. I loved her interpretation, uh, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't shooting for it. (laughs) So, um, 
yes. Uh, in conclusion, round of applause for that woman. And this gentleman right here, we are going to bring up our final act of the night. She is so amazing. You guys would know her from her podcast, The Dork Forest, from being an amazing headliner all over the uh, gosh dang country, and from headlining a show here last night. Let's hear it right now for Jackie Cation, guys. Give it up for Jackie. Uh, first of all, I have been loving seeing you lately. I know we've seen a lot of we've each other. We've seen a lot of each other, which Moon is always Tower, great. And then here, and, and you are awesome in Com- Moon Tower. Well, thank you. Thank I mean, you. not that you, you were great here. Well. I just saw a little bit less of your set because I was backstage, and there was less I, of it. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. less of it. But I got to see you do a great set at Moon Tower that was a little bit longer in like a moderately. I don't know what was going on in that room. I'm not sure. I, not, I can't remember the name of the venue. Right. But it was like a larger, mm-hmm. kind of high-ceilinged rock club sort of a venue right. where like the laughs can sometimes can just be short. Go yeah, into the can, world. Go into the world. Go into the world. There were a lot of great shows. I love that. That uh, Austin's great, of course. Yes. A lot of great, great comedy towns that we've been in lately. Absolutely. And, I mean, I love Austin. Mm-hmm. I think it was just awesome for me to see, though, that like... Because here's the thing. If you're in a venue like that that's a little bit larger, yeah. you have to just keep going. Because if you're not getting, like, big laughs... And it's just... It's not that you're not doing well. It's just, like, the laughs get sucked up into the into air conditioning yeah. vents. Yeah. That's but, like, you if there were, were audience members in those air conditioning yeah. vents, they were having the time they of their goddamn lives. They were having the time of their lives. That's where all the yes. laughs were. <laughs> <laughs> so, but... Well, um, you were... I don't, know, I don't know why that, like, particular set sticks with me, but you know... I wonder was, which one it was. Uh, was there... Uh, we who were, else was on it? Bob was on it. Bobcat was on it. And, oh. Uh, oh, right, right. It was like, you and me... We're in some... I yeah, we were in that called. weird... And then there was a long, narrow you part know, of the audience, and then yeah. a weird And then, like, a side the guy. Side. Yeah, exactly. I remember that one. But it was just like, you kept going, and your speed is so... Yeah, I tend to speed up if the audience... I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, if they're not going to laugh, then I'm just going to tell all the jokes they can laugh <laughs> later. <laughs> and, uh, I'm like, I will. I did. A, I, I went on Andy Kindler's late night show uh-huh. and they put me last. Perfect. And I think I had to follow Dana Gould. Great. Yeah. At, at two in the morning. Sure. Or some that's damn when you thing. want to that's laugh. That's when I want to go. They've been people. there for like two, yeah. two and a half hours. Yeah. And so I go up and I was like, I'm only doing 10. And I said, let's do 40 minutes of material yeah. in 10 minutes. Yeah. And you guys can laugh later. It'll be fine. <laughs> you got the rest of your lives. How do you laugh? <laughs> So what if, what's going on in terms of like your tour schedule lately? Like how often uh, are you out of out of, out of my mind? LA. Quite honestly, yeah. I am every um, week. Every uh, not every week, and I'm home some days. And, but the thing is, is when I'm home, I want to get up because the mm. LA co- stand-up scene is does. You know, people are always like, road comics are the way to go, man. It's the way to go. And LA comics are like, LA comics are the way to go, man. Because, but they're both, they both give value, right? Sure. Like in LA, you get to try a lot of new weird stuff because they're all comedy nerds and they're just sitting yeah. there going, I will go on whatever weird journey you want to sure. go on. Yeah. And they want to hear new stuff. Right. And on the road, you can take that weirdo stuff and tighten it up because you get yeah. to do it more than three times. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, when I come home, I try to get up as much as possible in LA too. So I'm doing, and it's great because stand up comedy, clearly one of my favorite things to I do. I know that that's <laughs> true about you. You've got great things. Guys, Jackie Cation, one more time. She's amazing. Jackie Cation. Oh, what a great show that was. Can we hear it for everybody that we, that we saw one tonight? One more time. And that's Rhea Butcher. 
This is Cameron Esposito. You guys, uh, thank you so much for coming. And please, since you live here in Boston, you can check our podcast out on iTunes or just by searching Put Your Hands Together. Yeah. And you can listen to more shows like this uh, in your earbuds right here from your own goddamn city. So uh, you can do that in the future. Thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your Thanks, night. Thanks, guys. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Jazos. (laughs) Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.